Hey, Jaime. Hey, what's happening? How are you? Oh, I'm hey, good. You're good? Right. Yeah. So today we are uh, doing our second uh, Open Tabs 2, the Tabs Strike Back. Yeah, they do. And we are playing with a brand new little ready, way to record stuff called Zencaster. Zencaster. I know. I got all like Zen <laughs> when I <laughs> No, it's all good. You know, the quality of our voices should be well improved. We are in your head. Anywho, uh, how's it going up there? How's the weather? Weather is really nice, actually. Everything. Yesterday, I was here. I'll give you a little update on Keith's week. Yeah. So, uh, yesterday, we went to uh, the Academy of Magic, uh, otherwise known as the Magic Castle, with my uh, my in-laws, who's my father, the medical physicist. My father-in-law, excuse me, is a medical physicist, but he is also a performing member of the Magic Castle for decades. Okay, and, so uh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. So yeah, this yeah, man, okay, we're getting this the insight man is, into Keith's life. Okay. Hold on, hold on. This man is a medical physicist. Yes, he and, is. He, and a active performming magician. And I here, here's what's even better than that. I, well, he he's, a actually, he's a wizard. He's a wizard. That's all you have too. to say. That is. And <laughs> well, I can go into that story, but he was actually the um, number one wizard in Orange County for a period of time. Like, And then kind of like hung it up. He was like hitting too many balls out of the field and he wanted to give other people a chance. That's, that's pretty good. I'm sure that wasn't his official title, but we should just no. bestow that upon it. He Orange is County. wizard. Orange County Orange wizard. Orange County wizard. <laughs> You know, my favorite part of that is I'm like, dude, magic is real cash and cash. My son, who is probably one of my favorite humans on the planet, turns to me and goes, dad, there's no such thing as magic. It's just science. We don't know how it works yet. And I go, dude, mind blown from a nine-year-old. Well, next time you talk to him, tell him I said maybe magic is science. Well, that goes back to the whole like uh, Thor Ragnarok thing. Like we have magic on Earth, but uh, on Asgard, magic and science are the same thing. Exactly. That's yeah. that is my son's perception of reality, which I wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly support. Yeah. Yet, Beautiful. Yet, yet we digress. Uh, tell me more about your uh, magic oh. castle experience. So, uh, Magic Castle experience. So, our friends, uh, the Silvers, um, Carrie Kenny, um, you might, she's from, you know, Reno 911 and probably the funniest person I know. Mm -hmm. And her husband, who is uh, an amazing, amazing cinematographer and quite honestly, just a great, great guy. And their son. And it was our gift to their son uh, for Christmas. And yesterday we decided to go and kids can go for brunch because, you know, not just anybody can go. You either have to have this corporate membership or you have to be a performing member. And what 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 Magic Castle really is, is a club or a country club, if you will, for magicians. So, you know, there's a bar on every floor. I was doing quite a bit of day drinking, good food. And then we saw, you know, four magic shows and... Uh, when you go with my with the wizard of Orange County, he knows every single person there. And so he's like, hey, you know, pulls a friend off to the side and says, would, would you mind giving us, this, you know, a private show? And they go, oh, yeah, I'd love to do it. And these guys walk you into a room and and they can, you know, just do magic for a while. So I was the assistant on a, a couple different things and 
there are a few of them that these guys are so good that it is straight Chris Angel, you know, without the douchiness. And I'm just screaming because I'm like, I can't believe that just happened. And it right. was just epic. So I, I'm a big, you know, I think magic is always dumb up until the point where someone is so good at it that you can't, you know, you can't perceive what they've done. Right. And then I'm not like a five-year-old kid. <laughs> I'm all a hundred percent in. It was awesome. So, and what about you? What's been new? Uh, you know, it was another week. Uh, most of the weekend, which we're just uh, finishing up, was uh, birthday celebrations. So my grandmother's 95th birthday. Got the family together. East Coast family flew out. Uh, gave a toast. You know, other brothers said words. It was uh, it was one of those really nice family occasions where you get to say see everybody, and uh, you know, just really love each other unconditionally. So that was that was cool. And then uh, we had some more birthday action the next day for all the people whose families are in January since all all the people in our family whose birthdays are in January since we were all together and we just got together for brunch and all that stuff. So it was good. It was lots of lots of hugs and uh, day drinking as well. (laughs) Let me let me ask you a question. Your great your grandmother turned how old? Ninety five. Ninety five. So did you have that like moment where you sit there, you're looking at her, you're loving on her, but. You also, in your mind, go to what has this person seen transpire in the last 95 years? Oh, definitely. You know, well, and, and I talked to her about that, but also I I was, uh, they dubbed me Toastmaster. So I gave the first toast and then kind of organized the rest of the people who were speaking and saying things. Mm-hmm. So in, you know, I kind of knew what I wanted to say on a personal tip, but I went back and looked at what's happened since she was born. And it was some of the stuff I was like, is that, is that real? Is that, you know, it's like literally indoor air conditioning and television and uh, vaccinations. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I think of as historical and as uh, 20th century things, but like the proliferation of them was not extensive when she was born. It was 1923, you know, like manned and woman space flight, the internet. I mean, and obviously I know these newer things, but, but like the, uh, you know, the fact that vaccinations weren't widespread and that air conditioning was only commercial at the point she was born, you know, it's, it's crazy. Like these things that have been, um, complete game changers. There was television, but there wasn't television. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's all that kind of crazy stuff, you know? And I tried to, it was funny. Um, in looking through it, I tried to look for more achievements, human achievement than, you know, there's, you can look at it and be like, yes, we had a great depression and we had this world war and that world war and these assassinations. And there's all these other things that we kind of mark time with, but you know what? Isn't there's not a really good that I found, and if somebody out there knows one, go ahead and send it in. But there's not a good uh, resource like Pedia that's just like this is the best thing that happened to humanity in this year, and this is the best thing that. Mm-hmm. Happened. And I was like, that should exist. There should be a book or a website that you could just look at, and whether it's voted on or ranked or whatever it is, it's just like this is the greatest achievement this year. This you know that you could look at and say over a hundred years, these were the hundred greatest achievements. You know, I don't know. It was weird. It was weird to look at that, but it was a it was a good weekend. That you know, well, <laughs> if you, and, and here's the other thing. I mean, being a a 95 year old woman, you know, I'm not 
editorializing this at all, but we see so much with like this Me Too movement and, you know, most of the Grammys last night was just kind of about that. Yeah. And, you know, what she, what has transpired for, let's just say women. In the yeah, last she's a 95-year-old black woman from Monroe, Louisiana. So she that, Okay, a lot, See, a lot that's of the part of it that I, I was leading you into, but I, I'm glad you said that because what a transformation. You know what I mean? Yeah, a lot has changed. <clears throat> you know, I, a, a book I've read that I really enjoy, and when I, when I say read, I mean listen to, um, The Rational Optimist. And that book is so profound to me where, you know, everybody looks at the news today and they look at what's going on and they go, oh my gosh, we're going to hell in a handbasket and life is over. And it's very apocalyptic, I think, in nature or the, the worldview is, or at least what we are being fed is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that book really, really was a, a transformation for me where it said, no, no, no. You know, right now you live better than any king, queen, czar, uh, almost in human existence, if you're just a regular person walking in, let's say, United States today. Mm-hmm. Because you can go have whatever you want for dinner any day of the week and pretty much do it for five bucks. Mm-hmm. And the internet, and like you said, air conditioning, and a dishwasher, and a washer dryer that you know you could spend 50 cents on or have one in your home. These are things that were not available to even the richest and most powerful people uh, 40 years ago, right? But I think that's window dressing. I mean, I think you're you are right that there's a there's a basic level of creature comforts mm-hmm. that we have that didn't exist in generations and you know centuries past. But I think that's exactly what you're talking about, though, with, you know, Me Too, Black Lives Matter, um, and any other number of social things, and and not even to touch on, like, wealth inequality and all that other stuff. It's like, you can have whatever you want for $5, but that's also, in some respects, um, predatory. You know, what's the quality of that food? Who's making all the money in the world off of it? Who isn't? Um, And and there's just, you know, that's not the whole world, right? Like we have uh, a lot of that stuff here. But I I think you're right. And I think we have to be optimistic and hope that it's it's moving in the right directions. But there's like there's so many different levels and, and qualities that have to be looked at. And, you know, it's like that if you look at that czar king or whatever and what they had. I don't know that you can say people's, you know, they probably, they had any person thing, et cetera, at their beck and call probably that they needed. Yeah. They probably pooped in a hole, but that (laughs) that's just what they did. You know, it's like they didn't have air conditioning, but that's, I don't know that that I've, I've heard that argument before. It's just one of those things that, is uh, I think it's 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 one facet of the of the of the opportunity of of living, but it's interesting. It's it is Listen. definitely interesting to see how quickly and how much the window dressing and the things around us are changing. And and you know, I think that the main thing is 
we have to learn how to be kinder to each other and maybe we'll never learn it. Will, will we ever as a, as a large collective, you know, it's, I, I think we're good for the most part to the people we know and the people around us, but that's the thing that we're always stretching for is like, how can we love all not necessarily unconditionally, but in a more unconditional manner so that we realize that all, you know, the tide raises all boats and that it's, it's good. To, it's good for me to love you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I think we're, I think we're evolving. Hopefully this stuff is all moving in the right direction. <laughs> See, I think you touched on something that was really good, which was the collective, you know, and one of the things I've always thought about is I've never met anybody who doesn't feel like they're alien. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that alien is, um, that they've they're they're going through things that nobody else understands or no one else feels. Mm-hmm. We when we get to that point, like you're talking about that collective, where, um, uh, you know, geographic boundaries don't matter. Uh, your language doesn't matter. Um, I feel the same as you because we are both human beings walking on this planet, right? And when we have that that shared experience, I think is a really weird way to put it, but, or that empathy, Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of, I feel like that's where, like where you're talking about these movements, right? These me too, black lives matter. It it develops an empathy for like right now, you know, I'm, I'm a 40 year old white male in America. Mm -hmm. Right. And not that, not that I don't understand any of these movements, but, you know, quite honestly, I've never been a woman. I've never been a person of color. I've never been a person, um, you know, that's struggling in a, in a way that I don't understand because I've never gone through that struggle. But my empathy level is increasing. And hopefully that's what all these movements are, you know, kind of kind of working towards. Mm-hmm. Um it, it's kind of, it, it harkens me back to that, you know, when you look at a map, right. And how they say every map you've ever looked at is wrong because this is really the size of Africa. And this is mm-hmm. really how big this is. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get into like that, that mindset, I always love looking at maps that don't have lines on them. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, as soon as you look at a map that doesn't have a line on it, you know, crossing a border ge- either geographically or, um, you know, I, I am in this city on this street and I left California and I left this country and now I am in this place. That mindset is, is separative. You know, I live separate from where you are versus, oh, we all live on this like big, huge spaceship, you know, that Carl Sagan kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we're all in this together, buddy. You know, uh, we better get this all figured out and taken care of. Um, and once we do that, then we are ready for, you know, type two civilization, mm-hmm. but you know, and strangely enough, you know, maybe this, Hey, this is, we've been talking for 15 minutes, but one of the things we should probably talk about and an open tab that I seem to go to all the time and I didn't put it even in the notes, but, um, the overview effect, have you ever seen this? Mm-mm. No. What's okay, that? So the overview effect, and I'm going to type it in just to be refreshed. Um, it is cool. Here we go. It's the, the over overview effect is a cognitive shift in awareness reported by some astronauts and cosmonauts during space flights, often while viewing the earth from orbit or a lunar surface. So there's a whole movie about it. And I'm going to send you the link. That's mm-hmm. in, uh, Vimeo did a really, really great job about it. 
And one of the things that's super amazing um, that I really enjoyed and the thing that kind of brings me back and, and what I'm bringing up to you right now is that all of these guys that go into space, guys and girls, and then they, they look back at the earth. They, they get, they get a new sense of without a hint of irony, the word perspective where they're looking back and they go, Oh, you know what? This is, these aren't maps. These they're, there isn't the lines that separate Mexico from California and the rest of the world and how these people have this Zen like uh, feeling that comes over them. And we look back and go, Oh man, we are literally in this together. And that's the view we have to take. And it's also why so many of these people that um, are astronauts go back and start running for public office because they have this viewpoint of, more togetherness than separatism, mm-hmm. um, which we, you know, cr- I, I think we experience on a daily basis with the news and everything. It's like everything's made to pit us against them because if if we're fight- fighting down here on the ground, you know, the people that are above us can do whatever they want. Right. Um, you know, it's like, oh, let's watch everybody fight in the ring while everybody's stealing everybody's radio out of their cars in the parking lot. Right. Right. And this overview effect, I've watched it a bunch of different times. And it always gives me that amazing feeling of, oh, why do we feel so alien? Why, why do we feel so separate? Why do I have to take drugs to feel normal when maybe if I just talk to somebody and they're going through the same thing I am? We can lean on each other and I don't feel so wrong, mm-hmm. which is kind of a weird, weird comment to say, but I feel so, so often, even when I was a kid, I felt wrong. I felt trapped in my own self and I still do at 40 years old, but you know, just talking to you and which I love about the internet is there's a billion different people that are all passionate and nerdy about the same things as I mm-hmm. am rather than me living in, you know, McCook, Nebraska and being alone and by myself and thinking I'm a weirdo that overview effect. I'm I'm so glad we kind of segued a little bit into it, but that, that little tab is absolutely amazing. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's interesting. I think the, it's uh, how the, the interesting thing will be over time. And you know, it's, this isn't a new concept, but it's like, how do you, how do you get people to live that and experience that? And, um, while still on, on the ground and also make, make that kind of change and that kind of, uh, shift in perspective as a long lasting thing and not as a momentary or, or even, you know, can, it doesn't have to be momentary, but it's often short lived, right? Like mm-hmm. the, it, it's help, you know, and, and that's a bigger thing, you know, is that concept at odds with capitalism? Is that concept at odds with other th- uh, social, things that we've built um, that are longer running and larger, you know, gears uh, to the way that the world behaves. So it's uh yeah, it's, it, that's the, that's the tricky part about that. I mean, we've, we've basically come to the meaning of life, <laughs> right? Totally <laughs> 15 minutes in, but it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's all of those ideas about being a person for others and, um, giving more than you get and 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 making joy and luck and love for others and trust not even trusting but knowing that that's the right thing to do and it's interesting the way that the world seems to work is that when you do do that it comes back to you but if you do it with that 
kind, I don't think it really works. You have to truly be giving and, altruism. Yeah, yeah. So it's a. Uh, so yeah, it was it was all all those things, you know, science, magic, aging, all bring us to that place. Right. But it's interesting you brought up the overview effect, um, and and something that is both high minded and also very interesting. Uh, you you sent me an open tab about Elon Musk selling uh, flamethrowers. Oh, did you also did you also see my uh, my my little uh, screen grab I sent you right after that? Uh, yeah, I think that he had sold like a thousand in the first minute or something. Yeah. But did you, did you look even further? Let me see. No, but you know, it, it, <laughs> the one thing- that says, thank you, Sarlos. <laughs> oh, did you? <laughs> That's fantastic. So, so there's a man so far, you know, he has pro- professed that his goal is to make us a multi-planetary species and he will use the capitalism of selling uh electric cars and also building of solar city to uh harness the world's uh prolific sunshine and turn it into power and he's built this battery company that is making batteries into cars and and making houses into batteries and mm-hmm. making rocket ships and he's like because we're going to kill the we're going to kill this globe and we need to also populate mars it's so funny that you know he he's now like pulling these other levers where I need to raise some money. So I think he sold twenty thousand hats, yep. and now he's selling what is it twenty thousand uh, flamethrowers. So what what sold you on the flamethrower? Tell me about your purchase, Keith. Okay, so exactly what you're talking about. You know, I'm a uh, I'm a small business that I I preach vote with your money, and voting with your money is kind of a of something I learned a long time ago, but if you find someone you like or find someone that is doing something that fits with your soul to a certain extent, that is voting with your money. You know, some people uh, sit in church and, uh, and put up their offering. Some people um, love a baseball team and, and vote with buying tickets and hats and, and things like that. Um, some people vote for technology or, you know, whatever, a book, you know, wow, this artist is amazing. Let's go out and support. And that era of support to me translates into, um, stupid stuff. And, and I'm the first guy that, you know, I'm a sucker when I go to a charity event. You know, I, I make sure I don't go to very many of them mm-hmm. because I am the guy that goes, you know, I'll watch the video of the kids crying and, and or, uh, you know, achieving or whatever. And I have to help. You know, that's just that's kind of my vibe. I, I don't like being forced to help. That's another thing. But I like helping. And so when this uh, <laughs> when I saw the flamethrower, um, like my, you know, my goal in life is to be Hank Scorpio. And, uh, the Hank Scorpio vibe of Elon Musk, I'm a hundred percent with, you know, where this person's doing something that is not just furthering themselves because I'm wholeheartedly okay with people furthering themselves. I think that's great. I think everybody should be the best they can be. But when you get into an Elon Musk level, um, of fun, I think Mm -hmm. is a weird way to put it where, no, this is a problem. Let's solve it. And, and this is my view of like what I wish every billionaire was Mm -hmm. right. 
where all of a sudden it gets into that Batman level, Tony Stark level, um, awesome billionaire, you know, Bill Gates to a certain extent who he's like, I got all this money, you know, my kids need to work. I'm going to give it away, but I'm going to like solve problems. Right. Um, that social connectiveness, I guess we'll go back to that is something I have to support. So when I saw this like flamethrower come out, I'm like, okay, a yes, I want a flamethrower. Number one, (laughs) (laughs) let's start there. Um, so that was good marketing on their side, but on the other side of it, who else, you know, who else, but Elon who goes, um, I want to go to the moon. I want to do this. I'm going to put a car in space and is ridiculous about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but to segue quickly, when, when I saw an interview, when um, some of Elon Musk's astronaut heroes were almost kind of talking down to him, uh-huh. like uh, this should be in the hands of government. This should not be, this guy shouldn't be doing this. Right. And and it broke him up and you could see him. He, he kind of stuttered and, and, and you could see his mouth getting wet and his eyes getting a little uh, misty. Mm-hmm. And to a certain extent, that's, that's the guy I have to support because he is, he is throwing his heart over the fence and letting his body follow. And I think that's some of the greatest leadership that we can possibly have going back to that overview effect, going back to that, that collective humanity, we need someone to follow because, you know, Keith doesn't have the, the wallet. Jaime doesn't have the wallet. And maybe if we have a hundred thousand Keith and Jaime's, then maybe we do. Um, but Hey, listen, if I can buy a flamethrower and support <laughs> this guy with my money, I'm, uh-huh. I'm all for it, you know? <laughs> Oh, it's interesting. So do you have a flamethrower already? No, but no. you know what? I light a lot of fires in a lot of uh, uh, barbecues. Yeah. Now I'm just going to do it in style. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. You you do have a farm and other things. I assume there's somewhere on the farm we, where you okay. need a flamethrower. We, well, I'll say it differently. We do have a flamethrower. We have one that you hook up to a propane tank and, right. you know, um, it, it's called the gopher eradicator where, you know, all right. Yeah. We'll go into that. But I think, anyway, I think I only have to throw one rule. No cigar lighting. With the oh, what are you talking about? That's the second thing I'm going to do. <laughs> See, I love that. I love the chainsaw. Like if you want to talk about the chainsaw effect, when uh-huh. anybody buys a chainsaw or any power tool whatsoever, uh-huh. you take the chainsaw out, you cut ever, you cut down the tree you wanted to cut down. And then you basically spend the rest of the day looking for other stuff to cut. There you go. That's it. <laughs> That's a hundred percent it. So yeah, I mean, so my uh, my buying a flamethrower. A, I like flamethrower. B, um, if it puts tunnels underneath the uh, streets of Los Angeles, right? One day, right? How can you not? You know, well, how can well, you he, not? Support he's already that? built like a quarter mile or something under the city of Torrance where SpaceX and all that stuff is, and they seem to be very supportive of them. So it sounds like that's all going to continue. So yeah, boring company is doing its thing. 20,000 dad hats sold. I don't even know how many flamethrowers you sold. It's been quite a bit. Let's, let's see if I can get an update on a, on a little segue, what you're talking about. Um, going back to SpaceX, we, we live in an area that we get to watch most of the launches. Yeah. Um, from Vandenberg and you know, if a launch is going to happen, everybody's like, Hey, it's going off in five minutes. Let's all go outside. And the world stops. 
And <clears throat> a weird conversation I had with my dad was, uh, you saw a man walk on the moon, right, dad? And he's like, yeah, of course. And I said, you know, my generation has never seen that. And he said, what? What are you talking about? I go, no, no, no. My generation's never seen anybody walk on the moon. We have robots on Mars, sure. But a human being on the moon is is one of those things, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's or did Jerry Seinfeld say it? He goes, you know, we put a man on the moon, you know, so therefore we can do anything. Right. Um, what I saw from that, I said, well, what was that like? He goes, oh, man, it was amazing. You know, it was they were inventing something new every day kind mm-hmm. of a thing where mm-hmm. there was always something happening. We were working towards this goal. We were going to do it as a country, uh, as a world. And we did it. Right. And that optimism of the people that have seen someone walk on the moon, that era of, I will say, America to a certain point made that view of we can do anything become real. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something we're desperately, desperately lacking as a society, maybe even a world today of that optimism. Like, oh, you can do anything. You well, know. something that's larger than us. Larger. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, it's why I love watching the Olympics. I, it, you know? it's, yeah, it's the why I watch, or one of the reasons I, the opening ceremonies of the Olympics is like one of those moments, right? When totally. you see all this stuff going on and the crazy fanfare and all that stuff. But, um, I feel like I still felt that way when we had the shuttle program. You know, that's what I grew yeah. up with and went to space camp and I, just turned 38 and I just put together a Lego set of a space shuttle, you know, cause it's like that, right. that's what that meant, you know? And it was of course, post, uh, moonwalking, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it, it, it still had that, it had that feeling, you know? Um, and we were putting men and women and they were going up. And I, when I look at the international space station, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that it's such a quiet thing you know, these days in the, in the broader scheme of things, it's agreed, like agreed. Taken, a lot of people or, or society has taken our eyes off of that as a goal or as a thing. It just like, Oh yeah, it's up there. But mm-hmm. you know, it's, I feel like last time I looked, there's been someone in space for like the last 13 years or something like that. Like, right. like at one point or another, there's always been somebody in space for, over a decade, you know, that's crazy. And um, I think I'm hoping that, you know, in this next few years, we'll see a, a push to go further and go farther uh, and bring that back. So what are we missing? What is the – you? okay, Jaime, Key Sarlos, we are, we are now running uh, NASA. We're now running SpaceX. We're, we're now running the, uh, the uh, interplanetary uh, PR company for mm-hmm. space travel or space whatever because right now they you know when 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 virgin did virgin galactic and people are putting up you know half a million dollars to go into space i mean it's definitely people want to do this people want to live on the moon people mm-hmm. love sci-fi people love you know that thought of um uh, the star trek no money we live in a a, mm-hmm. a floating spaceship kind of vibe what are we missing right now that is exciting young kids, young people that were like, dude, we're doing this shit. You know, we are up there 
We are going to Mars. That's the next thing. We are doing this. Why 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 don't we have that excitement? What is your thought? What is the PR problem between what International a- Space Station and the average 10-year-old kid? Oh, I think it's the funding and the role of NASA in our society. I think, you know, it's uh, the focus changed. Wars came, the funding dwindled, the the follow-on program from the shuttle program didn't progress and evolve out of it so that we had a natural lead in. Mm-hmm. And I think the closest thing that's come was four or five years ago when we were retiring all the shuttles, everybody was kind of like, oh yeah, that was awesome. Oh, when everybody people, came outside and they did the, uh, people, the hot lap. Yeah. People, yeah, they did the hot lap and we, you know, we, we had a funeral for that shuttle program. Um, and there's, Oh my gosh, I've never thought about it like that. That's tragic. It is and there, you know, and we have monuments to them and they, they all live there and, and there's a lot of work being done. I'm not up on my latest, latest NASA news, but, you know, they're working on new suits and it's becoming privatized. Elon's doing what he's doing with SpaceX. Blue Origin's doing what it's doing. And, the, you know, in the Ukraine and over there, they still have their their programs where they're taking people up to the space station and that stuff is is great, but you know it's it's also it's decentralized and um, which is fine and good and and possibly will bring a lot of different perspectives to it. But there's not those really strong singular focal points, and I think mm-hmm. I think ISS could be it. Um, you know, Hubble's there's still no asteroid flying at at the <laughs> world that we all got to get together and fix it. Well, well, that's one Armageddon. of the. But even if we did that, that's I don't think that's what we want. We want something else. We want to go to the moon. We want to go to Mars. We want to stretch in a in a positive exploratory fashion for something bigger and greater and grander. And, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean everything is perfect here. Obviously, we have a lot of work to do down here. But I think at least that's one of the things that changes that perspective that you were talking about, that overview effect. I think there's an underview effect as well if everyone's looking up. And it's like, that's where we're trying to go. We're trying to do that. Or even if it's, even if you're not science minded, at least you can look up and say like, that's a crazy thing that we as a species are doing, you know, understanding that we are going to take our bodies and ourselves and our mind and our experience and, and lift it up through the air into the cold vacuum of space and keep going for months and months and months and months and months and see what we can touch and share that story with the rest of us here, you know? So just in that same way um, that you were experiencing the uh, 95 years of your grandmother, Mm -hmm. the same way that, you know, my son said, you know, science or magic is just science. We don't understand yet. Mm -hmm. The overview effect we just talked about. And, and, and also, you know, why would I buy a flamethrower? (laughs) (laughs) I think it feels like we're talking and the Me Too movement, you know, and and Black Lives Matter movement. I think what we're talking about is that that we as a group of people on this planet um, have a hunger for unity. And when we constantly are looking up at the stars and in that that 95 years that your grandmother has been alive, which we look at and say, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. I'm always amazed that, you know, less than a couple hundred years ago, 
if we are a you know multi-billion year planet, a couple hundred years ago, we did not know uh, or a large portion of, of our world did not know that where we sit in California was here. Mm-hmm. It was a flat world. You know, first it was the earth was the center of the universe. And then, mm-hmm. oh, no, 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 no. The sun is the center of the universe. And then we're like, oh, no. And then now with as time progresses, we are finding that we are smaller and smaller and smaller, right? Right. But in that same vein where people got on boats and left Europe and, and sailed to go find the rest of the world – I think we are we are still in that same infancy, even though I feel old at forty years old, and mm-hmm. your grandmother is feels old at ninety five. We still have that infancy of I think that exploration that we as a, a society are constantly looking and saying, okay, well, what else is out there? Because we as a species are, you know, in the infancy still. Mm. You know, it's possible. Um, it's possible. And and going back, I wanted to just say the one thing. It's like. Where your daughter, your daughters were at your yeah. party, right? Mm-hmm. To s- what a what an opportunity, you know what I mean? Or how amazing is it that you would see through your great grand or your grandmother's eyes and what has transpired, and thinking about like your daughters now being ninety five years old and what will transpire between now and then. Mm-hmm. That that is that gives me a huge sense of hope because like with my son. Uh, and my daughter, I don't see the lines that existed when I was in, I'll probably say the worst time in California history when it was like 1992 mm-hmm. and, you know, OJ, the riots, cops, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then it exploded with buildings being burned for three days. Mm-hmm. I, I can imagine it again. Yes. But I don't. I think my my children will look at, or I hope my children get to live in a society where that seems barbaric. You know what I mean? Like, but but I think the thing not, about it is. So there's a. Couple, I'm not talking about the people uh-huh, at all, but uh-huh. just like, what do you mean people didn't love each other? That what do you mean people didn't get along? If if that hotbed was there, I pray that it never comes back. And everything we're seeing now is like, oh yeah, we're in the right direction. But I don't this know if happening. it ever gets better. I don't. I don't. Okay. Uh, and I think that's the and that's the tricky part. And that's why I think it's it's it it is all of those things you said. It's almost like it's a it's an individual test for all of us to see if we can because okay because we're in that because we're, I think we're all we're all at the center of our own universe, right? For for all of yeah, the we're, you know, we're the Truman Show. Yeah, exactly. We only see through our own eyes and we try to understand it. But I can only feel when someone touches my skin and I hear what comes in my ears and all that stuff. Okay. And it's but but, you know, 92 was a thing. Um, but it was a crazy thing. It was, but it wasn't. You know, there's your perspective. A, there's a dozen of those that have happened and it's happened since, you know, that was here. That was in California. But California also didn't used to be the U.S. Right. And right. and before I guess I'm, I'm before it was Mexico, it was touched my skin. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's maybe and that's, that's the right answer. And that's part of it, too. Right. Like I was saying, we only can see our through our own eyes. So that's like, yeah, that's the one where it's like it's looking you in the face. And looking me in the face, you know, I remember I was young and that's where my brother went to high school and he couldn't go to high school for a few days or actually both of my brothers, 
you know, cause mm-hmm. they were in, in, in central LA where uh, Loyola high school is. And, um, but that's the thing, right? It's, it's almost like it's the same loop and the window dressing changes. Hmm. The, the car is square. Oh, now the car is round. Oh, now the car drives itself. But if mm-hmm. we're not loving each other, if we're not taking care of each other, then that same humanity is going to be tearing for justice and, mm-hmm. and, and screaming against inequality and all those other things, you know, whether it's brown, red, yellow, white, Mm-hmm. men, women, transgender, you know, whether it's because of who you love or who you are, you know, it's, and that's the thing. It's like all of these, these and that's why I think back when you say like the czars and kings and we live better than them, what I can think about is not just what they had around them, not what they could reach out and touch, but, sure. but I think more so about their power. Like, and and what they had the power to affect and their dominion over themselves. And I mm-hmm. think that aspect of it is what makes it. It's like, yeah, it's different. I can get in my car and go to a not 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 the me me, but you know, a person could get in their car and they could go have their meal and they could go to their job and they can go back home, but they could also be in debt the entire time. They can be getting talked down to uh be getting abused. They could be addicted right. to drugs. They could just not have the hope of, of seeing a way to being self-sufficient. And just because they can get into, you know, their Subaru or their Land Rover or whatever it may be. I don't know that that necessarily makes their position better, but it's, it's a, uh, it's, it's an interesting thing. And that's why to me, it keeps coming back down to, and like, you know, you can, I think you can only change what you can do yourself and you can scream and fight and yell and you can try to increase the conversation, but it's, it's really tricky to change what's in someone else's head. And that's the, that's the bravery I think of all of these movements is that they're going beyond what they can do themselves. And they're, Mm -hmm. they're, they're putting on the, on their shoulders, that job of educating, empowering, screaming and and helping to change those tides so it's it's crazy but that's why it's like we're you know the the things we we usually talk about we're talking about flamethrowers and going to mars and space shuttles and uh solar power and all this stuff this is as modern as we have ever been but i but i think we're still pulling this huge cart and that's the hard thing is like there's more and more and more and more and more of us so how do you change hearts and minds and bring this awareness when we are also multiplying, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, I don't know. It's, it's going to be an interesting thing to see what happens in this next 95 years, you know, as this next generation or even longer lives out their full extended magical sciencey lives with, <laughs> you know, their, right. if you ask black mirror, their consciousnesses are going to just continue to be, but right. uh, yeah, I think it's, I think that's one of the interesting riddles about all of this is it's like, unless you can get it right, unless you can figure out how to take care of each other on a broad scale, that is maybe can, that's self. you know we 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 will be our undoing or we will be our own uh per you know 
saviors. Well, so. that's the thing. I mean, exactly what you talked about right there is, you know, our, our technology, we can track the progress. Our humanity is much, much more difficult to track. Mm-hmm. And are we evolving our humanity at the same rate as we are evolving our technology? Mm-hmm. No, <clears throat> no. <laughs> no, no. The answer to that is no. But on the other side, uh, you know, I'm, I was – while you were speaking, I was I was listening to you, but I was also trying to to formulate in my mind. You know, America in general, right? America has a has a uh, a pretty storied past, mm-hmm. right? In general, when I look at other countries, I know other countries have the same or similar problems. Mm-hmm. But if you go to the Netherlands, everybody looks kind of the same. There's all, you know, there's, there's red and yellow, black, there's all the colors and everything like that. But the people of a country kind of look like the people of a country, you know, and that's a very broad term where if you are in America, you, you don't have that, or maybe you do, maybe the separations of peoples in our socioeconomic classes. Mm Mm-hmm is the thing that that separates us more and more. And like you were talking about the czars and the everybody that's around them underneath above perhaps you're right that's the place where we're failing in that overview effect, you know? If you if you look at someone and say, "Oh, well, this is these are people that are like me, so I'm going to hang out with them." Mm-hmm. Right? Like I, Personally, I I love this conversation that we're having because I appreciate and enjoy your viewpoint. Because if if it's just an echo chamber of people that um, look like me, sound like me, talk like me, of course we're going to agree. And if if you're if everybody's speaking or or across all of those things, then all of a sudden you're starting to triangulate your information. And say, oh, okay, yeah, I get that now, mm-hmm. right? Because it's never been presented to me in a way that I understand by someone I know. Mm-hmm. That's a very, but, <clears throat> you know, going back to the space world, right? Again, yeah. every time we've ever seen Star Trek or every time we've seen um, the Orville, which I absolutely love, you know, it's like Star Trek 10% funnier. Yeah. Um, That's Seth MacFarlane's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what you always get is the melting pot, right? Every that was the whole point of Gene Roddenberry's Star Trek was there's an American and there's a Russian and there's someone from Asia and there's a black woman and there's a man, an alien Spock like guy. Mm-hmm. They were all working together on their own little spaceship, you know? And it was like, oh, they're all going to get along. Sure, they're not going to get along sometimes, but it's the common you know, everybody understands each other. Right. And that's kind of what was the beauty of that show. Maybe that's the reason it endured. Mm. I think it's part of it, but people still had a fit when, you know, he kissed Uhura and it's still a white man that's in charge. It's, it's sure. still, uh, it's, it's, it, it was, and is, you know, not to take anything away from it, but it's 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 still an interesting thing, you know. Orville, still a white dude who's in charge. I think, <laughs> I think the white dude's in charge is because that guy wanted to be. He, well, he, he made the Kirk. show. 
right? Yeah. And he's the white dude in Hollywood who has enough power to say, I'm going to make this show and I'm going to be the guy. And no one can, and no one can stop Which me. is fine. I'm not, you know, it's just, right. it's, it's, it's interesting. Our art and our archetypes that we've adopted yeah. and created in the country. And even where things appear to be mixed and melting and other things, they still, they're, they're not they're still on a spectrum and they it's, 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 it's something that's changing, but it's uh, it has the same kind of effects and underpinnings as what's happening in the outside, you know, and it's moving us in, in a direction. And I think um, there's a new star Trek. I haven't watched it yet. Um, but I think that, uh, is it a name? I Michelle Yeo. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, the mm-hmm. um, yep. right. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I think she yep. plays the captain in that one. So that's interesting. And I've heard great things. I've heard it's the uh, budget of Game of Thrones, but for a Star Trek world. So I'll have to get up on some NBC app and check it out. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. No, well, we started off by talking about uh, flamethrowers mm-hmm. and uh, overview effect. And we got into... It, it seems like every time we're talking now, man, we, we get into the point where <laughs> at what point is humanity and technology overlapping and where is yeah. it fun? Yeah, it's uh well, did you this is this is loosely related. But speaking of sure, you can no. eat anywhere. Did you see the the story that I sent you about uh, in and out and their store managers? No, where is that? Yeah, check it out. It's in the it's in Zencaster. You can click the link. OK, but um, give me the gist real quick. Oh, they get paid like it's a real job and they, they make. Oh, yeah, but that's been <laughs> happening for years. Yeah, no, the, it's uh, the the tagline was the average in and out store managers making more than one hundred and sixty thousand yeah. dollars. Right. You know, and it's just, uh, that's an interesting company to me. They make a great well, can, product. Can we talk right? about why? Can we talk about why that is? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So I grew up in Southern California, right around from like where In-N-Out first started, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, small family comp- small family business yep. right? that progressed in a way where, um, you know, they, they, they made no bones about who they are. I think mm-hmm. it's a very weird way to put it. They were putting, you know, Bible verses on the cups, yep. like it or not. Under the bottom. Yep. Uh, yep. There is not one store that is franchised. It's all theirs. All theirs all and hers. really, and it's, it's all hers. Right. And the thing that I absolutely love about it, and maybe this is my, you know, from having a small fan, small business as well, mm-hmm. you know, my business, I didn't, I didn't go distribution. I had to go, I went hundred percent direct. I said, I have to be so good that people will come and find me and drive and see me. Right. Mm-hmm. And to a certain extent that in and out burger model is my model. It's the model that I think is the model that will not, I won't say save us. That's the wrong way to describe it, but it's the model that gives us the best opportunity for success if we're good enough to succeed. And, you know, I'll be the first person to say that I, I possibly pay my employees too much. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but I know the best possible thing I can do is to have people that are working with me and around me 
as happy as possible. And when I see the In-N-Out Burger and I see the people working in an In-N-Out Burger, they put windows in them for very specific reasons, right? They want you to see the flurry of activity that is happening behind that counter while you're going through the drive-thru. Mm-hmm. There is nowhere to hide if you're working there. There is an expectation of this is how hard we got to work. There's no leaning and just like drinking a Coke while uh, uh, the dry- while you're hiding in the back. There is nowhere to hide. Right. And their expectations, and I'm, you know, I'm sure they're not talking about turnover here, um, but the people that get a job there, they go, Hey, listen, you're going to make, you know, this much an hour, but you're going to work. Mm-hmm. Just letting you know, you're going to work. There's nowhere to hide. This is our level of expectation. This is what we're going to do. And I am absolutely sure when a, a, uh, a manager at in and out is making $160,000, that manager is also tied to the efficiency and output of that facility. And just like everybody's working hard, everybody's doing well, uh, those people that are running that business, you could say that in a negative way that, oh man, they are, uh, Apple, you know, that when, when we hear about the Apple, uh, manufacturing center, Mm -hmm. right. Oh, they are, they're working these people far too hard, right. In an in and out burger, you could look through that window and go, oh my gosh, these people are working their brains out, right. But they're making good money. So is the trade-off hard work for money? Okay, I'll show up and do that, right? Or is it um, a restaurant manager is making 160 grand, but the person working there is making 12 bucks, you know, not 12 bucks, but like five bucks an hour. Mm -hmm. That's not what's happening. I mean, from top to bottom, if the store is doing well, if it's going out quickly, if they're building a great brand reputation, that if you go there, it's going to be pretty fast and it's going to be really good and everything's going to be happy and you're rolling out the front door. I have never dro- driven to an in and out uh, morning, noon or night that didn't have a line at the drive in. Yeah. So that's all t- that all is tied in together. They had to be so good that you would drive there to go get a burger. And that's when I was a kid. That's what you did. You know, it, there wasn't an in and out on every uh uh, street corner in and outs were, you know, 20, 15, 20 miles in between. And if I wanted a burger, me and my dad, I'd hop in the car with my dad and we would drive past 30 McDonald's to go get an in and out. Yeah. No, it's its own thing, you know, and I think it's, it's, uh, it's really interesting uh, that they've been successful, that they re put that success into the business because, you know, there's a hundred other companies that would have just tried to extract all that value instead of putting it back into their employees. You know, they're paying $13 an hour to start where the minimum wage is $11 an hour. You know, they're doing what they think is right. They're paying the, I I believe that's what they're doing. They're paying $160,000 to these store managers because it's like you said, it's hard work and all that other stuff, but it seems like a very honest thing. You come in, you do this work, we sell this product, you go home and we pay you, you know, I think they, they also, uh, I believe they have full, um, benefits as well. Like they, it's like a legit, we're going to treat you like a real person that has real needs. We're going to pay you. We're going to take care of you to be our employee versus a lot of other companies who are always 
trying to extract that last value. They want you working over the weekends and at night. It's just it's just a different thing, especially working so much in technology and around startups. And you see people hold up these venture startups and, and their behaviors as the way to get the golden ticket. There's something really that's just nice and honest about let's come in, let's bake, let's make these widgets, let's make this money and let's go home, you know? So I, I do love the fact that it says 90% they say they'd recommend their workplace to a friend. Mm-hmm. Now that, that right there is the, the kicker to this, because if it wasn't in and out burger, right. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was, um, well, let's, let's run up the food chain here. Um, in, well, I always think of in and out as the gold standard in quote unquote fast food, mm-hmm. um, or fast casual, I guess is a better way to describe it. If this was, uh, the, the French laundry, right. Mm-hmm. If this was, uh, Nobu, if this was like super high end cuisine, right. Then if we're like, Oh, that guy's making a hundred. Okay, cool. Right on. You know? I, I think it's because they're painting it in. Oh, you're you're a burger place, right? You're making a bunch of money. Well, it's also like you know what that double double combo costs, right? You like like French Laundry. If you go there with a couple of people and your dinner ends up being eight hundred dollars. Oh, that, that's you, two people. You, you know, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you, you know what I mean, like it's easier to extrapolate that to a $160,000 salary to when you know, like, you know, the average person comes in there and maybe they're dropping 12 bucks, you know, mm-hmm. if, if, if they're getting a shake with their soda, you know, versus it's, it's also really impressive. But I can make a big correlation between in and out and French laundry okay. real fast. The correlation between uh French laundry and in and out burger. And I'll even throw myself on that, in that mix is what, it's like French laundry is French laundry, not only because it's expensive, but it's expensive because of what they throw away. That sounds like a really weird thing to say, but if you are growing your own product, right, there is a level of this made it, this didn't. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, you're paying for what didn't make it. Right. Um, because of the quality. If I look at in and out you know, in and out doesn't do breakfast for a reason. Right. They also don't put bacon on their burger for a reason. They have a beautiful, clean, uh, non-frozen uh, supply chain that is top quality ingredients. If you ever listen to the Five Guys story, mm-hmm. the Five Five Guys story is is very, very parallel. Right. And when I go to the French Laundry In and Out Burger, you know, even Sarles and Sons Five Guys, or whomever, what they're doing is saying, okay, listen. Our, our customer is our king. We, we're going to work really, really hard. We're, there's going to be a lot of stuff that doesn't make it, but we're going to go direct. And when you stand in front of or behind a bar or a counter, if you are a clerk, which I am to a certain extent, I look into the eyes of my customer. And when you look in the eyes of your customer, when you're not a chef hidden in the back, when you are the person that is putting it on the bar and you're looking in people's eyes, you are, you are bleeding all over your business so that they come back because you are grateful for that customer. That is the position. That is the position that you have to take. You, you have to be a hundred percent honest. You have to be 
thank you for buying, you know, shaking hands with, with true humility saying, thank you for being our customer because without you, this doesn't work. And I think that's what a lot of those businesses, and even to a certain extent that the Tesla model, if you will, um, all share, it is the accountability to their end consumer. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I think that, uh, you know, not to tie a bow around everything we're talking about, but when you're looking in people's eyes, you start understanding what they want and, and you're grateful. And you're grateful to them, not only as a customer, for but for being a friend and a person. I mean, that's how you and I started. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I think that's uh, – I've had the great opportunity to, like, marry people that I met at our tasting room, you know? Mm. Um, hmm. Interesting. Yeah, no, it's uh it's it's one of those things. It's all of that, but it to me it's there's something that's very straightforward around the transactions. Um yeah. and and they're leading with the quality and they also keep it very streamlined, right? I think they just added their first new product in many years, which was it's a hot chocolate. And it's very simple. They didn't make a lot of fanfare <laughs> and it's like very high quality. And it's on there, you know, and it's like there's eight things when you look up at the menu and yeah, there's variations and there's secret menus, but it's all made with the same stuff. You know, you can get an eight by eight or whatever. You can get a grilled cheese, it's the original you know. taco bar, cheese, tortilla. Yeah, it's just, you know, you know, but but they do it to the nth degree and they're they've been able to scale that and spread it out and uh, repeatedly. Um, just just duplicate that model. It's uh, it's very impressive. Yeah, I've I've known a, I've been able to know a couple people that professionally launch in and outs. Mm-hmm. That is their job. It, very shocking people, like really really impressive people, mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, what do you do? I work for In and Out, and it's like, well, what do you do there? You know, are you the fry guy? You know, ha ha ha. They're like, no, I professionally open stores mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I need to hear all about this. Yeah. And it is, you know, uh, culture to a certain extent, extent is is a massive part of every business that you and I and and maybe anybody listening to us loves. Right? We buy into the culture before we buy into the product. Well, that's the thing, right? And that's what we, I guess, we haven't really been talking about much. Like the Apple story, people like to say the greatest product that Steve Jobs ever made was Apple itself. You know, it's like the store is the product. You, right. you know what to expect when you go to one. You see the line. You know what the product's going to be, and it's like that entire parking lot with building, with drive-through, with parking with line with tables outside with walk up counter with lemons and pink lemonade and all of that t-shirts the t-shirts on the wall at a 45 degree angle you know like the entire thing is the product and yep. it's uh and you're voting with your money yeah it's interesting so uh, one minute and three, one hour, three minutes. Yeah, I got to jump, but uh, me too. I got to. I have to go pick up cupcakes and launch this thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, first try. I'm using ZenCast. Yeah, we'll okay. see how it sounds. Right on. Pretty great. Open tabs to the tabs straight back. I love it. <laughs> have a good week, Keith. I'll talk to you soon. Go get it, my man. Bye. Bye. Mm-hmm.